0: Are here the two creators, or two of them, anyway, for for fantasy's sake.
1: fantasy sake the quad city's first and only fantasy football show i am your host doug i thought i retired green i am joined today by chris i've got 99 problems but a lineup ain't one steal brian cash money craighead and nick new guy nick i didn't learn bothered to learn your last name what's your last name sir
2: brinks brinks
1: all right um so that is who we've got on here noticeably absent is one dj jarvis he is off in St. Louis doing, watching cheating baseball teams cheat. Um, so Cardinals, 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 Chief, Chiefs, Chiefs. Chiefs. start off by taking a look at some news around the league from this week and recapping the Thursday night game. So since DJ isn't here, we can be short on the Thursday night game since nobody cares about the Chiefs. Um, but what you guys kind of see out of that game – um, with that and, and the, the kind of the back and forth that that, that game um, ended up being.
2: Well, I you know for me, I'm a Mike Williams owner, so I was good to see or I was very happy to see that he did a lot better than he did week one. That was one of the, the, one of the things that I was looking for, especially with Keenan Allen being out. That was uh, that was cool to see. But you just had it – was, it was a game where even when the Chargers had a double-digit lead, you felt like KC was going to come back and, and win it at the end, and it's exactly what they did. That pick six by Herbert was definitely the turning point in the game. Fun game, but I think KC was going to win that one no matter what.
0: For, for me, it wound up being pretty pretty similar to what I thought on another on another pod I'm on. I mentioned that Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, both had pretty decent fantasy games, which they did. Um, I even thought I even liked CEH, and I was just a little surprised that, that I think the time of possession was definitely slanted towards the charges because of the pick six and so Kansas City's receivers didn't do much including Kelsey
3: what I know Nick that Brian and I were really back and forth on Mike Williams especially last week because it feels like Mike Williams isn't ready for some kind of breakout he's such a fickle player how do you trust him when you're a fantasy owner that's something that I've really struggled with because he was on my roster last year and I didn't feel like I could touch him this year, just because of the ups and downs that come with him. What's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, you definitely get the ups and the downs. And two weeks in, you've had a week of up, you've had a week of down. Right. And to me, I mean, I think he had fallen a little bit in the draft that I picked him up in. And so I was like, all right, there's enough value here to make it worthwhile. But um, you know, if I would, you know, you'd much rather get 17 every week versus you know. 27 one week seven the next or what one or two last week so yeah he's uh he can be a very frustrating player but i'm hoping well now that herbert is dinged up with a rib injury i don't think that helps mike williams cause it all but uh you know i i took a chance and i hope for the best and i didn't it didn't cost me a win last week thankfully i won by a, a few points in that league but this week he definitely got me off to a good start
0: as long as he fell, he was worth having and his ADP I, I would have had hard hard time going with it with herbert this
3: injury looks like it could have long term ramifications is just an unknown with justin herbert enough to stay away from him
2: depends on the lineup i guess if you know if you've got a guy on your bench that you feel comfortable slotting in i'd, I'd be like sure mikey might take a seat this week but um, yeah if it's chase daniel out there i, I It'd be hard to trust him the first week out, but if Herbert's back, even with a rib injury, I think I'd still take a chance on him. But again, it'd be a coin flip of if you've got someone ready to slot in that place that you feel comfortable with, it might not be a bad idea to roll with him and give Mike a break and just see how he does with an injured Herbert or a, you know, a chase Daniel led team.
3: Well, with, um, juju landing in kansas city i thought it was a great landing spot and i've been disappointed i haven't seen any flash or anything that i was expecting
0: there is it just take a while to get that connection there i mean he, he spent the, what, the last six quarters basically catching nothing he he had a nice first half in, a, in week one but he hadn't done much since but and like i said none of the receivers did anything even even kelsey so there'll be a bounce back game next week i think
2: I know the last couple of years, Juju has been kind of frustrating as a fantasy player, too. So you'd think having Mahomes throwing him the football and being possibly a focal point in that offense. Um, but I was I would definitely be worried how, as you said, Brian, the last six quarters have gone. That first half week one, you know, he, he was getting the targets and he was getting he was, he was making plays. But even Kelsey being shut out this week, I think that might have maybe said more about the Chargers defense. I think uh, it was a very pedestrian Chiefs offense on Thursday night, and they they managed to do enough to get the win. I think that says a lot about the Chargers defense. Um, so I wouldn't be super concerned about that yet because Kelsey also had a very quiet night. Now, if Kelsey went off for you know, hundred yards and a touchdown, and Juju still had practically nothing, I'd be a little more concerned. But I'm still a little in the in the concerned camp for Juju. I, I, I stayed away from him in drafts just because of his past. And I I he's not a guy that I've ever trusted in fantasy. Um, I would think with Mahomes throwing in the football, that's a good thing, but that offense is it doesn't really seem like they've got that one standout guy like they had in Tariq Hill. They've got so many uh different guys that uh they'll try to spread it around outside of Kelsey. He's pretty much the focal point in that passing offense anyway, I'd say.
1: And, yeah, and Mahomes had said that before the start of the year, too, that he said that he had said, look, guys, it's going to be kind of, you know, best option available week to week. Um, outside of Kelsey, though, um, is there really a guy that you can really that you really, really want there? I mean, Juju's got kind of the name, but all the rest of them are kind of, I don't know, maybe him and Hardman are kind of the two the two names that are in that in that batch. But I don't know if I want any of those guys really anchoring my wide receiver core
0: yeah i mean especially when you're looking at MVS at and hardman i mean to me they're old enough where they are what they are which is nothing spectacular they're just you know average nfl wide receivers to me juju's had a pass but at the same time the last couple of years in pittsburgh he wasn't that great so it would be like you said it'd be hard for anyone any anyone single person to anchor him and i think the chiefs are fine without it one thing through 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 two games, CEH has become more involved than he did last year. So, you know, maybe that maybe that's the next next guy besides besides Kelsey.
2: Yeah, they definitely lack. I, I think they'll notice that Hill is gone. I mean, he is a generational talent. As a Dolphins fan, you know, I, I'm very happy that he is he's on my team now. Um and KC, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that uh, pans out. Cause yeah, MVS and Hardman. You've, you've seen what they've done over the years. And MVS, he, I mean, it seemed like if he's not catching a deep ball, he's dropping it with Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know how reliable he'll be for Mahomes this year. I mean, he only had two catches for 13 yards on Thursday. Hardman, he's a guy that you would think can open up the defense a little bit on the deep ball too, that that Hill did a little bit. But yeah, Kelsey is about the only receiver that I would feel comfortable with. I, I do own him in a league. Um, but Ed, uh, Clyde, Edwards Hilaire he's definitely been the surprise for me the first couple weeks but I don't necessarily see that he's getting the touches that tells me it will continue he got a couple touchdowns week one which is great but it just doesn't seem like the workload is necessarily that they didn't run the ball a ton they only ran him eight times and he caught uh four and made a lot of after catch yards but uh he's he's the bright spot in, in the running game for sure but uh, I'm still a little skeptical on Clyde.
4: Yeah, the most counter receiver really
0: maybe may Sky Moore um, long term, to be honest.
2: And I drafted him for that reason. I'm thinking, you know, maybe MVS will kind of flake out. Juju, who knows? Uh, Hardman, you know, he 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 has a problem with drops every now and then too. I took a flyer on Moore, and as long as I don't need to pick up a guy and drop somebody, he'll sit on my bench for a while, hoping that he can become that guy. But yeah, that's uh Chiefs offense. I, I think Mahomes is still obviously going to be a quality starter. For, you know, you're you're not going to not start Mahomes, but even he was disappointing from a fantasy perspective uh, perspective on Thursday night. You figure your team puts up twenty seven points, your quarterback should put up more than two hundred twenty five yards or whatever he had.
3: Game will it dictate
2: those kind it of was things. the
1: first week too. And, and yeah. there is a lot of new faces. So I could have played into that. Well,
2: how well, they how well they played against Arizona. I, I'm not worried about the Chiefs because of how they played against the Chargers because week one. I mean, they came out firing on all cylinders. So I, I think they'll be just fine. If you have some Chiefs in your lineup, you're going to be OK. And
3: I think you're definitely right, Brian, that CEH is the place to be right now. But how do you trust Andy Reid? Because Andy Reid is always mixing and matching guys. I really liked what I saw from Jarrett McKinnon so far this season, but that's a guy maybe you're looking to plug in and play for somebody who's gone down like Mitchell or somebody like that. But outside of maybe a a guy you could sub in or somebody who's hanging out on your bench just as a wait and see, um, last week we kind of did our whole fantasy football Tinder thing. If there's a watch list, I think you put them on that.
1: And then before we hit on the uh, the Toys for Tots league uh, and then hit the commercial break, um, what was your guys' opinion on on the Chargers side of that? Um, and Keenan Allen, when do we think we're, he's going to be back? Um, I know we touched on Mike Williams a little bit, but kind of the rest of that offense there, um, what was your kind of opinion on, on, the, on how the Chargers looked Thursday night?
2: Well, Eckler, he's you know top three draft pick. I would be completely worried as an Eckler owner because it does not seem like they are giving him quite the usage because they want to preserve him. I think last year they and well maybe the last couple of years they maybe overused him and that was great from a fantasy perspective. But this year, I think they are consciously trying to lighten his load. Now he did end up with a decent number of catches. If you're in full PPR, nine catches, fifty-five yards. That's 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 great. Um, no scores in there yet. But um, a lot of those came, I think five or six of them came in that final quarter when they're down trying to, you know, dink yeah. and dunk down the field to try to get back in field goal range or, and, and things like that. So I'd be worried as an Eckler owner. I've already talked about Williams a little bit. It was good to see him step up this week after being a no-show. Week one, pretty much, um, as long as Keenan Allen is out, I think Williams will still stay in, as, in a starting role in my team. Um, even if it's Chase Daniel at the quarterback position, I think I will probably roll with him, but I'll I'll have to scour the bench again and see if there's somebody I would feel more comfortable with. But, yeah, Eckler, a little worried about him early on. And, obviously, if you have Herbert as your QB1, could be a tough time for you.
0: To, to me, Gerald Everett's starting to ramp up into kind of the bottom tight end in, tied in one ranks. Um, you know, you never can't.
3: Oh, and Brian and I must have done too many shows together because we share the exact same brain on this. I I love what I'm seeing from him. I've always thought he was a really good talent. Um, And I'll throw it back to you, Brian, because Gerald Everett is somebody that I've really liked watching too. What's kind of popped for you?
0: I I missed the question. I'm sorry.
3: Oh, no, just um, I was picking up on your Gerald Everett. Uh, You froze for a second there. What are you seeing that makes you like what you've seen from him? Because I've always liked his his physical abilities. It just seemed like he never got enough opportunities. The fact that um, we had somebody missing in Keenan Allen
0: gave him an opportunity. Are we going to see that going forward? It sounds like you're really high on it. Well, he had a nice week one, also even with Allen in the game. And he, last year with Seattle, he had he had a pretty decent year. He he's a talented guy. With the Rams, he was, he was you know tied with uh, Higby in terms of tight end targets right. but overall he's got a nice skill set and now he's on, on an offense hopefully Herbert's okay health-wise but if he is he's on a nice offense for him and Josh Palmer's in you know, a second year wide receiver out of Tennessee he's got he's a really athletic wide receiver and he, he's right there in the mix so I like both those guys you know for, for flex plays moving forward and especially their cheap DFS options and of course that's one of my kind of loves so
3: Well, and Josh Palmer's one where I don't buy it yet. Can you guys sell me on Josh Palmer?
0: It's hard to sell necessarily, but (laughs) just keep in mind that the Chargers offense has supported multiple wide receivers in the past. Jalen Guyton's not a, not a name that's going to scare you. So I think just opportunity alone is going to give Josh Palmer a chance to be successful. And he had a touchdown this past week. So you know, is this, I think the sky's the limit. I mean, you're not going to see it right now. Kind of like Sky Moore, not not to be ironic with names, but nope, Josh like Palmer's it. just a very athletic wide receiver. So he just needs opportunity more than anything. So I'd give him a chance.
1: Cool. All right. So we are going to hit on – let me recap kind of what has went on in the Toys for Tots league uh, this week. will let you kind of know where things stand after week one. Then we'll pay some bills, and then we will jump back in on the other side. All right, so as of right now, your top-scoring non-celebrity is one Mr. Jordan Wrangle of the Sheets division with 178.4 points, um, followed closely by Charlie Owen of the in the Jarvis division with 178.3 points. So those guys uh, both had a couple of really good weeks last week. Um, hopefully that they can keep that up and hopefully the rest of us can come up and catch them going forward. All right. We are going to hit a couple of, uh, commercials here. And then on the other side of that, we are going to play Chris's favorite game of fantasy football Tinder.
4: This episode is brought to you by Clint's draft house, pizza and grill in Moline and Davenport. Chase away your Sunday scaries at Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill this season. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street and Moline, Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill is home to some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sunday, there's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up 75 cent wings and $4 Bloody Marys all day. And is your favorite team playing in those out of market games? Well, you'll never miss a second of the action. On one of their ten screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and bloody fix, finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous Quad City Style Pot Pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC Style Pies for the last 22 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill 7th Street in Moline. And also... Clint is now serving up their famous pizza and fried chicken on the Iowa side of the river as well. Clint's Pizza House and Chicken opens up daily at 4 p.m. so everyone in the Quad Cities can enjoy their Q.C. style pizza and Henny Penny fried chicken. That's Clint Pizza House and Chicken, Seventh Street Moline and 1601 West Third Street in Davenport. This episode, this episode is brought to you by the Corner Tap. Who doesn't need a solid handcuff on their fantasy squad? Grab a bite to eat at Clint's Draft House while watching the noon games and then head on over across the Moline-Rock Island border to the Corner Tap for some libations during the 3 o'clock games. Every Sunday is fun day at the Corner Tap with $3 Tallboys, Bloody Marys, Jack Daniels, and $2 PBR Drafts. Head into the Corner Tap, 4018 14th Avenue, Rock Island, and get into the end zone. For fantasy sake, has teamed up with Route 96 Boutique to raise a little more cash for Toys for Tots this season. From September 11th until the end of November, 10% off of all purchases made with Route 96 on Sundays will be donated to us for our Toys for Tots drive. At Route 96, they believe in girl power. They want a place that people of all shapes and sizes can shop and feel empowered and beautiful. They want you to be the best you possible, and they are committed to bringing you different styles while also providing some basics to express the true you. You can find them on Facebook and at Route96Boutique.com. Again, that's Route96Boutique.com.
1: All righty. So, okay, let's talk a little bit. Now we'll play a little game called Fantasy Tinder. And I'm an old man and I've been married for 100 million years. So I do not understand Tinder. And I do not understand
3: which way is positive and which way is negative. So um, I'm... We so had I'm- a very conversation last week, Doug. That's <laughs> why we're, uh, you know, Brian, DJ, and I am all married. So <laughs> we don't understand how it works. We found out last week swiping right is good. So right is good left is bad
1: right right is right left is wrong okay got it yeah nick are you a married man as well i am yes all righty there we go okay got a full house on that side all right so first up cd lamb will have a wide receiver one season with cooper rush under center and i i forgot about in the news and notes section to mention that Dak did get lit up and has a broken hand and will be out for a while so what are your thoughts on CD lamb with Cooper rush at the controls?
2: I'm swiping left for this one. They did not look good. Even with Dak last week. I don't know how much of that was the Dallas offense being bad or the Tampa Bay defense being really good. I think I'd maybe lean toward Tampa being better on defense than that, but uh, I'm at least in the swipe left or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wait a little bit and see how it goes this week.
0: I, I'm swiping left as well. Um. Jerry Jones says for, that Dak will be out for four weeks, but most consensus is more closer to eight. So you mm-hmm. miss half the season. And Cooper Rush has never proven that he can, he can be a quality passer. So unless they go out and get somebody off the trade market, I just can't see it for CD. I,
3: I think the talent is there for CD Lamb to make it happen, and they're going to try to find ways to get in the ball. If you look at these guys like Brandon Cook or Terry McLaurin, they've done good things with substandard quarterbacks. Now wide receiver one, that may be a bit of a a high ask there, but um, if they struggle to get him open, they're going to start to do like bubble screens or RPOs and stuff like that, or they'll put him in a formation where he gets a free release. I think those first like come into a game, get you out of a game type of situation for backup quarterbacks is really hard when you have a full week you're going to get a better understanding of what that offense can look like, especially considering the fact that they'll be going up against a defense that isn't as good as the Buccaneers, where they have elite players on each level of the defense too. So I think we'll get a better understanding of what that is this week. I guess you have to swipe left until you see it happen, but the potential is there. I wouldn't panic right away. I would watch this week and find out more.
0: I think it will wind up okay, but I guess also part of my background is I was never sold he was top six to begin with, and so when you're dealing with the bottom six, you never can tell who's going to fall, who's going to come up from the next tier. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I agree with Chris completely. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm waiting and seeing on on all of this stuff here. All right.
3: That's why Kinder needs this, like this list, like a hot list or something, Doug, where you can like put them in a stable. You can kind of view them, and you don't have to make a decision. But yeah. I guess that's what it's all about. So. Yep.
1: All right. Good. Carson Wentz is back. Curious to see how you guys feel about the man from North Dakota
3: State. How does that not end with a question mark? <laughs> that's what I want to know. How does that sentence not end with a question? Because DJ is not good at punctuation.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Two interceptions last week. So, you know, even when you have good Carson Wentz, it still has the potential to be bad. Uh, they're playing against Jacksonville. I don't think that was a very high bar to clear necessarily. So I'm definitely, you know, week one, it's really hard to overreact or underreact on everybody. But Wentz, as he's another guy I'm probably – I think he'll be better for Washington than they were last year. And maybe – They'll win more games because Carson Wentz is there, but for uh, from a fantasy perspective, he's still a he's still a free agent in in my league. So my league mates haven't uh, haven't jumped on him either. So I'll swipe left for now.
1: It's for fantasy sake, Nick. You got to use the you got to use the lingo. <laughs> there there, so there the you go. Yeah, it? for fantasy sake. Yeah. yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> right. I, I would. I'm in that wait and see kind of approach. Y'all were on the last question. But I would swipe left for now, ha- having to make a decision today. I, Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. He's 30 years old or close to it. He's not miraculously going to change overnight. So
2: i will I'm add, have to add,
0: have to just swipe left.
2: Yeah. I will add, though, for today, if you need somebody to fill in for somebody or you're not feeling comfortable with somebody else, he's playing Detroit. And if he's available, I, I'm actually tempted to pick him up and start him this week over uh, – I don't remember which league I have him in. I'll have to look. But uh, against Detroit, they just gave up 38 points uh, defensively to the Eagles last week. And Jalen Hurts, who I do have in another league, was great. Obviously, Carson doesn't give you the rushing potential that uh, Jalen has, but passing the ball, AJ Brown last week was wide open all day. I uh, Wentz is definitely worth a start today if uh, if he's available in your league or you or you picked him up already. Season long. No, I don't know about that, but today for sure.
0: Yeah, he's a DFS play for me today, too. Not that I'll put him in my lineup, but I, I would encourage others to. Well, and I just, I've had him his entire
3: fantasy career. I started a Dynasty League with him at quarterback, and I put up with all the injuries until last year when he broke both of his legs out of nowhere, and it was just like, this is enough. I can't do this anymore. I can't put my fate in the hands of Carson Wentz, even when he, he looked good last year in a Colts uniform, uh, the injury history is too much for me. you got to worry about him. I, I think it's definitely a swipe left here.
1: Quick rapid-fire question because I have both Wentz and – in a two-quarterback league, I have both Wentz and Justin Fields. Who are you pulling the trigger on as your QB2 this week? I like for Wentz.
3: today, Wentz. I think you got to think about the second half last week with Justin Fields where he kind of literally and figuratively weathered the storm. So I I like I like Wentz in his his weapons better, but Fields probably long term, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Next
1: question, we may have to exclude Nick from this one. I'm going to know already. Is Tua a top 12 quarterback?
2: I'm, I'm not buying that. I'm swiping left. I, I hope he does well for my team, but from a fantasy perspective, I still have my doubts.
1: I've always been a big Tua guy, so I am tending to, to swipe right on that just because I want it to happen, but um, it just hasn't passed the eye test the last couple of years, and I, I really, really – I, 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 when he came out, I really, really wanted him to be kind of really good, and it just hasn't, it just hasn't materialized. And I keep putting weapons around him, and it just doesn't seem to click for the young man.
2: Yeah, if it doesn't happen this year, it's not going to happen. You get Tyreek Hill, you don't really have excuses anymore. You've got Jalen Waddle, so yeah, I, uh, if, if. If it's a yes, it's like maybe 11 or 12. I don't see him leaping up to like somehow being number five or six. But I, I think, you know, right around 15 is where he can where he can go from for fantasy. And, you know, obviously for fantasy football and just being the quarterback of your favorite team, there are different things that go into that. And I'm just hoping I'm hoping that it uh, I'm hoping it's a good year for him. But I still don't know if a good season for Tua is a top 12 season for a fantasy quarterback.
0: I'm going to swipe right. And I like, like you said, thinking, uh, 11 or 12 <laughs> is about his ceiling. But Dak's out uh, for half the season. Some of the other guys, like Trey Lance, didn't have a good week last week. I know part of that was weather. But part of it is not that two is great. But I'm not sure that there's 12 quarterbacks better. So.
3: That can be fair. I I don't see it this season. I, I feel like because of the injuries last year, this is kind of an extension of his rookie year to a degree. And when you look at quarterbacks, the ones that are elite, they take that jump in year two. Because this is kind of like a quasi-year one for him because of you know sitting and the injuries and ha- not being himself, I think you still have to wait and see. I, I, I can't get over the social media posts where it's the, the wide-open Tyreek Hill scorching down the field, and he throws it 30 yards behind him. I, it, it's hard to get that image out of your mind. There's just I, – I feel like he can be elite in the future. It's not right now, though.
1: Next up, will Michael Thomas finish the season as a top five wide receiver?
0: This is the biggest swipe left of the whole show for me he looked good i mean he had two touchdowns but i mean let's be honest top five maybe top you know maybe he could be a a wide receiver um one the top 12 but top five is really really hard to come by with with the talent and the elite talent that's right there in the top five already
2: yeah i'll agree with that top five that's too far that's too high of a bar to clear i think last week He got 20 points in a half PPR league for most of the leagues that I do are half PPR. So 20 points or, you know, 23 or 22 and a half if you're in a full PPR. But again, 12 of those were touchdowns. So uh, 57 yards and five receptions, that's not going to blow the doors off anybody. But I mean, if you can find him in, in the, in the end zone every week, as Jameis clearly was looking his way, I do like that. He'll be a good, good receiver this year. And yeah, I, you know, at this point, who knows top 10 or 12 is not out of the possibility. I mean, he was number 10 last week. So, but yeah, top five, that's a little, that's a little steep, but put me in, put me down for top 10 or top 20 for sure.
3: I think you're right, Nick. I think touchdown dependent might be where he's at uh, in order to be that elite wide receiver. Again, uh, we talked a lot of, out revenge games last season but this might have been Michael Thomas's revenge game against the league last year or last season Um, after having so many problems getting back on the field and just just being able to play again was a victory for him and to play well like that I think was a surprise are you going to see that every single week probably not but if you feed him early like that now he's he's got that carrot to really motivate him through the rest of the year and If that connection between he and Jameis stays intact, I think they could do some special things. Top five is too high, though. So swipe left. I got to keep with the bit. I'm sorry.
1: I am going to swipe right um, just to play devil's advocate here because a couple of years ago when he was fully healthy and he had Drew Brees. Now, again, Drew Brees and Jameis Winston are two very different things. But a couple of years ago, he was – if not the best wide receiver in the league in that top three category. And I think that if he's healthy and motivated and all of his personal demons are behind him, I don't see any reason why he can't be right back up there um, with, you know, Jameis playing at a decent level and not throwing a pick every 30 seconds. Um, that's, that really kind of where, that's, that's kind of the, where I'm coming from is from the Michael Thomas side. I think he has the potential to do that.
2: I will add, at the end of the Breeze-Thomas connection, Breeze's arm was nowhere near prime Drew Breeze's arm. True. So I I would almost say that Jameis Winston may have a better arm now than, you know, Drew Breeze two to three years ago.
1: Fair enough. All right, that will take us to the end of this segment. On the other side, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and on the other side of that, uh, we're going to play some match game here. So... That sounds fun. We will take a look at that once we get here on the other side. Today's episode is brought to you by Cavanaugh's Hilltop Bar in
4: Rock Island. It's the place to be every Sunday this football season. Barbecue Chris will be in the house every week, smoking the place up with his amazing menu or mouth-watering barbecues. Cavies will have every game on inside and outside their numerous TV screens, Plus, you can play their adult video games, and they have the loosest slots around. Check out Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar, 1228 30th Street in Rock Island.
1: Oh, yeah, these things don't play automatically. I actually have to look to see what they are. (laughs) Uh, Doug, do your job. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm doing good.
4: For fantasy sake, has teamed up with Route 96 Boutique to raise a little more cash for Toys for Tots this season. From September 11th until the end of November, 10% off of all purchases made with Route 96 on Sundays will be donated to us for our Toys for Tots drive. At Route 96, they believe in girl power. They want a place that people of all shapes and sizes can shop, and feel empowered and beautiful they want you to be the best you possible and they are committed to bringing you different styles while also providing some basics to express the true you you can find them on facebook and at route96boutique.com again that's route96boutique.com in addition to bringing fire on the mic the team at Four Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out ForFantasySakeQC.com this season for College DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each and every week of this football season. Again, that is ForFantasySakeQC.com for College DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each week during the football season.
1: All righty. Thank you, Joe. And Joe will be on here in a little bit. He's going to talk some lines towards the end of the show as well. He'll be popping on uh, in person this week to uh, give us a chat. So we are going to go five wide this week for the first time in four fantasy sake history. All
3: right. Match game. I do not know. Did you guys play this last week? No, we did Tinder last week. So this is the first time, Doug. You got to break it down for us. Okay. Well,
1: there are no instructions. So... We're going to go with with the standard best of what do you like of this group type thing. So, most surprising week one performance. Better season. Okay. That's okay. That is a thing. All right. So, most surprising week one performance.
0: I'll go Carson Wentz. Nick? I'm trying to
2: think here. I might. Might go uh, Clyde from the Chiefs.
3: Chris? I'm going to do a deep pull. I'm going to do Christian Kirk. Getting 12 targets, that was a big surprise to me. I've always liked his talent, and I thought that was a good landing spot for him. I thought maybe like 50 yards was like a good outcome for him to have him come out and actually, you know, make a connection with Lawrence and look good. that, That was a big surprise for me.
2: I'll also add a AJ Brown. I didn't think he and Jalen Hurts would connect that quickly, but for a buck 50 or whatever they went for last week, sign me up on the AJ Brown train.
0: And, and Miles Sanders Brown. even scored. Hallelujah. He didn't even <laughs> think he was going to score, he made it happen. But the sad thing was he he gave up another touchdown to Boston Scott and Gainwell. So all three of them scored. As
1: confusing right, a back to the cheap. Rapid Fire section. Uh, we are, I will say, Geno Smith. It was my surprising person for last week.
3: Oh, I, I think just because of who we are, Doug, we have to get OJ Howard's name in there.
1: Oh, OJ Howard will, will be making an appearance in this show. Do not Do not worry about that. I had to cut him out of out Tinder, but we're going to throw him into Rapid Fire. Mm-hmm.
3: We've got All deep right. love
1: for OJ Howard. So much love for OJ Howard. All right. Better season. Amon Ra or Equininius St. Brown or Stefan and Trayvon Diggs. So um, which brother combo do you like?
2: Give me Amon Ra. 100%.
0: Yeah, I'm there too.
2: Not that I trust Jared Goff that much, but I trust him more than Justin Fields in that offense of the Lions.
1: And that's our time with Nick.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Doug is a very passionate Bears fan, unlike <laughs> me, who is angry at them every single week. Uh, Amon Ra has a ton of value. You're right. Golf isn't enough, but we are already looking at Swift being beat up a little bit there. I, I think that there's potential for him to really have a breakout this year. His skill set is probably the same as somebody like Mooney, since we were talking about the Bears, um, but with an even higher upside.
1: And I will take the Diggs brothers just because um, I think they can really uh, – I know Stefan is really, 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 really – he's probably one of the better wide receivers in the league, if, if probably in that top five category that we were talking about earlier. And Trayvon always seems to just come up with a, a big uh, interception right when you need it. So um, I will take uh,
3: those two gentlemen as my – Stefan looked like in week one, that's for sure. Yeah. Trayvon, I think, is the issue. I people love him because of the interceptions last year he's been exposed in a lot of different ways too
0: i just love the training camp film of him his back completely turned um while somebody was i was catching a touchdown pass and i forget who it was that was embarrassing yeah. To show on film.
3: yeah i think it was a rookie too or somebody who is somebody who shouldn't be doing that to him yeah
1: which top 12 running back from week one is due for a serious regression?
2: Maybe Kareem Hunt. I think when your RB2 is scoring two touchdowns, that's not necessarily sustainable. I have Kareem Hunt, and I'm starting him, but I don't know how, how uh, sustainable that is week two.
1: Yeah, that Brown situation, always up and down. It's always, You're never sure which, which guy to kind of pull the trigger on.
0: I honestly, don't have a great answer, but Kareem Hunt makes the, mo- makes the most sense as well. Um, Unless Chubb gets hurt, it's it's hard to sustain those two running backs as much as they were week one.
3: Yeah, uh, the whole Chubb thing, I think he's the real talent on that, that offense. It's just going to break down week to week. And that's why it's so frustrating when you have, a split like that because you're depending on somebody like Chubb and Chubb was a first round pick for a lot of people. So it it's hard to see Hunt have that kind of production. I know I curse Jamal Williams every time I see him step on the field. So it's just, it gets to be hard sometimes. I, I think you're both right, that that's where the drop-off is going to be.
0: And, and the other over thing over about, here. about um, Chubb, it's just so amazing in PPR leagues, how really I traded traded for him in the offseason. Now I'm kind of regretting it because he had a heck of a game in, in week one, but he still didn't wind up having monster fantasy points. So and I'm old enough to
1: remember when Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb were thought it was very close to one another in terms of talent levels. And that has clearly not been the case in the <laughs> last couple of years. Those were yucky thoughts. Yes. Uh, college draft evaluations, those are always fun. All right. Who scores the most TDs of this group of guys that Doug has never heard of? Devin Duvernay, Dontrell Hilliard, or Jahan Dotson?
2: Give me Dotson, one hundred percent.
0: It's got to be Dotson. The only only one that doesn't really feels like it doesn't belong is Hilliard. He's a, he was kind of questionable today. Duvernay will get a chance in the Baltimore offense just because, really, besides Bateman, they don't have anybody else. So, and of course Andrews, but.
3: I liked what I saw from DuVernay last week. I'm going to go with DuVernay. I think Aaron Rodgers gets pissed off at people way too quickly and just reverts back to his favorites. I think that Dotson has the opportunity, but he has to work his way back into that circle of trust.
0: And and Hillier's a decent player, but he's not going to get a chance unless Derrick Henry gets hurt because it all came out of the passing game out of the backfield last week. You can't really rely on that weekly.
1: Okay. Fair enough. All right. So that'll take us into our next commercial break. Um, From here then we are going to hit a commercial break on the backside of that. uh, We will, it'll be Brian's time to shine. We will talk a little DFS um, on there. Uh, Nick will be leading that charge. Uh, I hope that he is a DFS player because I certainly am not. Nope. All right. Nope. (laughs) Not typically anyway. All right. Well, Brian, you're going to have to carry the load there for us on that segment this week. Um, but, I, I've, I've seen your show and I know that you can, I know that you can certainly do that for us. Um, so like I said, DFS talk on the other side of this, uh, we'll hit a couple of commercials and then we will jump right into that.
4: With baseball playoffs right around the corner over a month away and the NFL and college football seasons right on our tail. It's the perfect time of year to get your daily fantasy sports life in order for free- frequency sake has you covered Every single week. Tune in to For Frequency Sakes. DFS Deep Dive on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch every Friday evening. And uploaded every Saturday morning on your favorite podcast platform. Where Brian and the boys will be giving you the best daily fantasy sports advice. For each and every week. To help you fatten your wallet this season. Again, on every Friday night live. On Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. And of course, upload it on your favorite podcast platform on Saturday mornings. DFS Advice, DFS Deep Dive here on the Four Frequency Sake Podcast Network. In addition to bringing fire on the mic, the team at Four Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out ForFantasySakeQC.com this season for College DFS, Survivor League. And betting advice each and every week of this football season. Again, that is for fantasy sake, QC.com for College DFS Survivor League and betting advice each week during the football season.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And while we're talking about other uh, podcasts that we have on the network, let's go ahead and plug a couple of those before we jump over to Brian. Want to plug not only our DFS Deep Dive podcast, which Brian is a part of, we also have Card Subject to Change, which is our wrestling podcast. Uh, Joe Winkle's own Educated Ignorance, where uh, that is kind of more of a general sports talk show. Joe does a lot of recaps, um, usually Sundays, Mondays. Uh, or so yeah. Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. After those games, uh, he's usually putting up a show, even if it's a quick, a uh, quick one, uh, with a recap of those things as well, to go along with some of the other uh, shows that we have here on network, along with some of the great uh, writing that we've got. So plenty of ways to get uh, your fantasy fix on um, this year. So with that said, Brian, what are we looking at on the DFS slate this week, sir?
0: Well, I mean. I know, I know the DJ always likes to start with stacks, so I'll, I'll start there. That feels that feels like a comfort zone for me. Uh, my two, I got a couple of stacks. Um, my first stack that I really like, they played well last week, but they left a ton of points on the field. is Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy. Um, I don't mind Cortland Sutton, but Judy's at 50, at five thousand six hundred, whereas Sutton's at sixty one. So don't mind don't mind that. And the other one. I swear I've not been drinking this morning. I'm drinking lemonade, not Spiked, but I like Stafford and I like Allen Robinson in that stack. And I know after last week, that's that seems like the, I've fallen off a cliff, but those are my stacks for this week.
2: I just pulled up DraftKings to look at some things and I'm looking kind of midway to bottom of the list to see where some value guys are. And Carson Wentz, middle of the pack, 5,800 on DraftKings. I like him against Detroit, so he's he seems like a good quarterback where you can allocate your dollars to other players and not your quarterback.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't like it. Wentz a lot this week. I'm like we were talking about, I don't see him season long being the old Carson Wentz, but I do like him at value. And the other quarterback I kind of like with similar price tag is Matt Ryan this week.
3: Yeah, we talked about Matt Ryan last week, too. And I think just the value makes too much sense with his career. He's always done well, no matter where he's at. I always think that Trey Lance is looking a little too high to me. I I know he's going to get you some points with his legs, but it just didn't look right last week. You can blame a lot of that on the weather. But how much of it it comes down to the weather and and how much of it comes down to him just being – a quarterback who's not a rookie, but looks like a rookie at
0: this point. I'm kind of curious where Trey Lance goes. In fact, in in, in our home league, which we've been a part of for 20 years, somebody actually drafted him in the seventh round. Has already drafted, uh, already dropped him after week one. I'm like, I get it, but I don't, I think you got to give him a chance. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not throwing him a DFS lineup this week, but there's still plenty of upside there.
3: That seems like an anger um, drop more than it does like a, a, a calculated drop.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was like shocked because, like I said, we've played for 20 years, and this guy's probably been in there 15. I'm like, I don't get that one. I mean, I I actually wanted to pick him up, but the, the most sensible player I had to drop was Isaiah Spiller, and my luck would have it. He played Thursday, so. I'm like, well, that, that didn't work well, but nobody else has picked him up yet, which is really shocking.
3: What do you think about Daniel Jones? I I don't love what I've seen, but I feel like the value is there. And if there's a time where he was to come out and just kind of have himself a game, I, I think this would be it against Carolina.
0: I still came by Daniel Jones in my primary lineup, I do have Saquon. Saquon looked amazing last week. Um, I just cannot, I don't know I mean, I'd really have to throw on a blindfold To ever really like Daniel Jones He's just, I mean The man can't even run for 60 yards without tripping I'll never forget that game So (laughs) I I just cannot buy into Daniel Jones ever
3: Maybe some of his receivers
0: But not him himself Is old Saquon back? I, I think so He looked really good last week I was like I don't know. I didn't expect it that, that to happen week one, but like I said, I put him in my in my primary lineup. I really like him, and Good a couple other a guys quarter. that I'm liking this week. I'm I'm liking a bingo stack of uh, Chase and Mixon was a was a kind of an area that I focused on because my some of my stacks. I always try to give inexpensive stacks to folks so they can have studs kind of the rest of the way.
3: Cordero Patterson at 6,000 really caught my eye too, because they've got some guys there that are banged up. It seems like he's going to have another big workload after a good week one. I was surprised to not see him a little bit higher.
0: Yeah. I don't know what it is about Patterson. Even last year, the whole year, even though he had a a ton of good weeks, they never could buy into Cordero and and his price tag never caught up. And the same thing happens now. That being said, the Rams do have a pretty solid defense, so you know, it's, not, it's not a slammed up play by any means, but at the same time, I like the price tag.
3: Well, Jalen Ramsey week one looked like he wasn't Jalen Ramsey anymore, and that might have just been you know, the matchups and things not playing his way or the game plan, but he didn't look right.
2: Are you saying if, aid anybody that or uh, start anybody that has to go against Jalen Ramsey?
3: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I don't know that he carries the same weight he did in the past.
2: I agree with that.
0: I, I kind of broke up, but what, another another team I'm kind of focusing on with Carson Wentz is kind of their less expensive players. I like Logan Thomas um, at, at tight end. He's around 36, 3,700. And then I also brought it back from last week with the rookie wide receiver. I uh, I think those would be a couple couple low, lower-priced players that you can go with for sure.
3: To the uh, Jalen Ramsey end, Drake London, I think, is the player who could really surprise some people this week. Uh, that name makes a lot of sense to me. Um, in Atlanta is probably going to be behind a lot. They're going to be passing. I think Drake London could be in a good spot. And he's going to provide you with some value at uh, five thousand two hundred on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, I agree on London. He he's uh, he's got an opportunity, like you said. They're going to be playing from behind. And Mariota actually looked pretty good last week. I thought.
2: And then we some competitive actually
0: should have probably won the game.
2: A name we briefly mentioned at one point earlier, Christian Kirk. I kind of like him. Fifty seven hundred on DraftKings. They fed him a lot. They gave him that big contract. They want to make him earn it. I think they're going to throw him the ball a lot today i also like his uh over five and a half catches today i I took that this morning
3: do you have any other bets going today nick or did you see anything else of value out there
2: um i i did kind of like waller i thought his receiving line was it was under 50 um i think against the cardinals who just got roasted last week defensively i think waller um, could, could be a, a good play there. I know Devontae will obviously be a, a big part of that offense, but Kelsey went wild last week against that Cardinals defense. So I think Waller could have similar success today. And then it's a homer pick 100%. But I do, I did jump on Dolphins' money line with that DraftKings, uh, up 10 promo. I'm like, I'll throw, I'm not going to do the full 50, but I'll, I'll throw a little bit on the Dolphins' money line today. Um, they either get absolutely destroyed by the Ravens or last year. They, they kind of dismantled Lamar uh, in that, uh, I think it was a Thursday night game or Monday night game or something like that. So I'm hoping more for the latter and, and maybe be able to cash in on that for some plus money.
3: Where are you looking at tight end, Brian? Because I'm looking over the names and nothing really jumps out that's going to be worth the price tag. Um, is there anybody who jumps out to you that's going to be good price-wise or are you just taking somebody who might get you a few points like an Evan Ingram at this
0: point and putting your money elsewhere? I'm sorry, was that question directed towards me?
3: Yeah, um, who you like at tight end, is is there any value picks this week or do you just take somebody at a low value and put your money elsewhere in the lineup and, and skip over tight end a little bit?
0: No, I I like Logan Thomas a lot this week. Um, at thirty six hundred, he actually came back fresh last last week, so I like him. I also like Tyler Higby. He was sitting around forty two hundred, so I rarely, if ever, pay up for my tight ends.
2: I was just going to say I'm I'm looking at this now, and Higby is the name that sticks out to me at forty two hundred. He was actually pretty solid last week, so I I like that too. I think they're going to look to bounce back in a big way against Atlanta this week.
0: I yeah, would here you could even put put in part of your uh, Stafford and Robinson stack that I suggested earlier if you wanted to. I, I hate to go three players same team, but I think in this case it makes sense.
3: What draws you to Robinson, Brian? Cuz I know you make an informed decisions. Last week he was on the field so much, you feel like he has to have a better week this week. But what
0: what's kind of drawing you to to Allen Robinson? You can you can only believe so much that a coach that a coach says, but throughout the week, Co- McVay said that he had to get Allen Robinson more involved. And if you look at last week's game against the Bills, they were pathetic. Um, part of it was poor blocking. and They simply didn't have time for routes to develop. But at the same time, they simply don't have a lot of playmakers. And you, if you don't have many playmakers, you better get the ones you've got involved. So Cooper Cup, I mean, he's going to get his every game, but they've got to get more involved, and they're not going to be last year's team at all. Talk me
3: out of taking the Bengals because they're um, the third lowest price tag, and they're going up against Dallas.
0: Well, if you're if if you're going to a <laughs> shop to tell somebody to not take Dallas, not take the Bengals, you're at the wrong spot because they're they're in every <laughs> pretty much every line that I've got. Um, so yeah, I I can't talk you out of it, but I would encourage you to do it. It seems like a slam dunk to me.
3: You're right. I like, I like it a lot. And as long as we're trying to talk people into stuff, Doug, talk me into watching the Bears game because the first half of that Bears game may have been the hardest thing to watch. I, I recall since I watched the Iowa game.
1: (laughs) Stealing my thunder on the rapid fires already, but yes, um. Look, it's the pack, look, it's Packers week. Um, the game's going to be in Green Bay. The packer. If if you're if you're looking optimistic, the Packers didn't look good last week, and the Bears, in the back half in a monsoon, looked halfway decent. Halfway decent, Chris. I'm going to give me halfway decent. Um, there's a fighting chance. Unlike some years where you're – where it's been you going into the game, you knew that you were going to get crushed. I, I, I like the puncher's chance this week, if nothing else. If nothing else, watch the first half, and then when House of Dragons comes on, if you need to give it up, give it up. But, um, you know, at least, at least give them the opening quarter to, to kind of see how things go um, in there. New coaching staff, new philosophy. I've liked what I've seen all preseason – they looked, you know, resilient last week. I know there's a lot that you, everybody's kind of throwing that around because oh, they beat a good Niners team in the in a in a hurricane. But this week sort of tells us a lot. I think uh, with that, I think this is going to be a lot of evaluation going forward, where you go look your bully in the face, and you and that's going to tell you exactly what kind of team that you've got going forward the rest of the year.
2: They have to go up against their owner, though. Aaron's going to be on his best behavior tonight. Yeah, yeah,
1: that guy. (laughs) Tell him to take a shower and get off the drugs.
0: (laughs) I think the most important thing is to remember that it's a Sunday night game. Who else are you going to watch?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's true. Again, House of the Dragon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) On that note, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of good games today, especially early. I mean, they pretty much baked everything into Thursday night with Chiefs Chargers. This afternoon, there's not a lot of good games on TV. I mean, who wants to watch Texans-Broncos? Explain to uh, me why there's two Monday night games. I, I don't understand. It's week one, but I don't know why it's week two. And they overlap. They start like an hour apart from each other. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. They're two East Coast games.
1: Yeah. yeah. Push, push one of those to, to a Sunday afternoon. Have I am that really day excited
2: day. for Vikings-Eagles for some reason, though, after watching both be of those. After watching those two teams play last week, I think that could be a fun one today, or tomorrow now.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: I I do want to throw one quick stat out that was really interesting to me during, do, during my DFS stuff. There's 12 teams that have, have, have an implied total of 25 or more, and six of them are not playing on Sunday afternoon. They're playing the primetime game. So they're not a really deep slate, which is really interesting to me.
1: Hmm. Yeah, strange number.
3: Yeah. All right. That'll take like us. You said, Doug, Huh? Doug, just like you said, the, the NFL can do strange things because they're the NFL and we don't care. And we're going to show up and we're going to watch it no matter what. So that if they can do whatever the hell they want.
1: That's exactly right.
3: That is exactly right.
1: Okay. That'll take us to the top of the hour. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then side of that, we're going to bring in Joe and go five wide. Uh, and Joe's going to give us um, kind of his breakdown on his picks. Uh, for this week, so let's hit the commercials, and then we will do. Then we will talk to Joe on the other side of that.
4: This episode is brought to you by Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill in Moline and Davenport. Chase away your Sunday scaries at Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill this season. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of Seventh Street and Moline, Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill is home to some of the Quad Cities' best food and drink specials on Sunday. There's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up 75 cent wings and $4 Bloody Marys all day. And is your favorite team playing in those out of market games? Well, you'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday ticket. And after you've had your wing and bloody fix, finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous quad city style pop pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC-style pies for the last 22 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House, Pizza and Grill, 7th Street in Moline. And also... Clint is now serving up their famous pizza and fried chicken on the Iowa side of the river as well. Clint's Pizza House and Chicken opens up daily at 4 p.m. so everyone in the Quad Cities can enjoy their QC-style pizza and Henny Penny fried chicken. That's Clint Pizza House and Chicken, 7th Street Moline, and 1601 West 3rd Street in Davenport.
1: Okay, let's bring in Joe. And we can talk about Joe's picks for this week. And then while he is doing that, I will put together our inactives for the week. So, Joe, welcome aboard.
4: What's up, everybody? You guys got me? Yes,
1: sir. Yeah, we're uh, good.
4: First off, I just want to say, Chris Steele, it is great to see your beautiful face again. I just want I know, to been
1: missing 100%. you, Joe.
4: <laughs> I just Joe, want to you've throw- been,
3: like, hiding in the background last week, uh, week one. You just... I wanted to put an audio version out there. You don't want anybody to see your beautiful face. Come on. We got to have the face in there.
4: We tried it. We, t- we tried something. Um, and this week I was just like, let's, you know, let's, let's see. How about I just come on and, and let it rip and see what happens. So last week for the NFL, we, um, you know the NFL bit picks we have is a part of the Sinister Six segment we have on the podcast, uh, the Educated Ignorance podcast. Every that is for every Friday episode we do three college games, three NFL games, something of that sort, depending on best bets, best games, or whatnot. The struggle for us is always to try to find like the combination of best bets and actually best games. I think this week is an actual pretty good bets uh, or pretty good slate for I think what our best bets are for me. Um, and the theme of the week. For the NFL side is, uh, we're going against teams that haven't proven, you know, otherwise in a sense, and that'll make sense here in a moment. So my first one on the list here is Lions Commanders in Detroit. I think it went I think the line has moved down to to minus one now or to plus one now, but it's uh, we got it at one and a half, and we have the Commanders, and the reason is this for that is. I don't think that Detroit should be favored yet, even though Washington is still, you know, it's quite, you know, should should they have lost last week? Probably Wentz was bad until he wasn't and made great plays late. The thing with the commanders taking them in the points here is we're going against the Lions saying we shouldn't have them as a favorite yet until we can actually see them consistently win games. I mean, this is a team that what started Owen, whatever last year, do I think they're going to improve? Yes, but it's more of a we need to see it to believe it first. So Washington plus one and a half. I do think the line has moved to one. But when we did this, it was one and a half. I think that's the move. Um, I'd love it if it was I'd love it if it was in Washington and they were getting points. But it, uh, it's a little more shaky, maybe in Detroit. But that is the first one. Uh, the next is probably the game of the day. Ravens Dolphins. Uh, Ravens minus three and a half. There's two things here. So I do believe that the Dolphins are a very solid team. But again, this is a uh, they haven't shown against good teams yet since they've got Tua that they've been able to to win those games. I know the Ravens game last year. uh, That was such an odd, odd mess. We'll see how they play today. If they try that that weird cover zero, we're just gonna bring seven and play one on- one with all of your receivers that we don't think are good. We'll, we'll see if they do that again and, and whatnot I do think though Baltimore is really good and I don't think the market is cut up caught up with them yet um, and I feel that's a reason that I feel confident in taking the Ravens minus three and a half as a dolphin supporter it'd be great if I was wrong on this uh, there's a theme to that we'll get to that here in a sec but I do believe, that the Ravens are going to win and cover the three and a half. I'm a little shocked that it's not more being in Baltimore, Um, but uh, we'll see if the Dolphins can win today. That would be a big step for them on the fact of a team this good that we think is really good in Baltimore. We haven't seen them beat and we haven't seen we all like last year. They went to Tennessee after starting their win streak and they went there and got absolutely drilled and two was terrible, or two years ago, where they got all the way right up into the playoff. like a game, they, they had that crazy Raiders win, and it was winner go home week 17 or whatever two years ago against Buffalo, and Buffalo hung 50 on them. So in these spots where it's like we are ready to see them take that next step, they haven't shown it yet. That's why I'm fading the Dolphins here. And then, Doug, the last one. I hate it, but – I live by a motto that I heard once when it comes to the NFL. If you think a team is good and they get embarrassed one week, expect them to come back and play better the next. And that's why I think it's okay to swallow nine and a half with Green Bay tonight. It was very – I was waiting for it. It started at 10, I think, last week. It got down to nine and a half. I I think it's still there. But when we did the show – when we recorded Wednesday night, I'm looking here. Uh, let me see. Oh, it is, okay. It did get ba- It did bounce up to ten and a half. So that is something that is a little worrisome. But when we did the show on when we did the show on when we recorded Wednesday night, it was at nine and a half. I love it. I love it there. Now, obviously, in a game like this, there could be an opening for a backdoor cover, but I do believe that. I expect Green Bay to play better. I You would think Rodgers is going to do everything he can to prove a point, and he's going to target Dobbs and Watson like 45 times tonight just to say, hey, guess what? All you guys thought I can't throw to rookie wide receivers. So you guys are the fantasy experts. I don't know if starting Christian Watson tonight, he's going to have like 19 targets in the first half probably, if I had to guess. Uh I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears could hang around because I think this that, that they're a little bit better than people give them credit for. But I think Packers swallowing the points is the right move because even and I don't even think it's going to be in it could be. But in the it's I don't think it'll be in the blowout sense where the Bears just get smoked. I think it's just the Packers are going to be able to stay within that number. And and w- and have that have a comfortable performance and be able to cover the spread. I don't like I, I like it way more at nine and a half than ten and a half. Ten and a half is a little frisky, because uh, there's more back backdoor cover possibility there if they can get it. If you know 31-21, you're you're not in the number anymore at ten and a half, so that's brutal. But uh so we'll see. But those are my three favorite uh for the NFL weekend. Going with we're, 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 it's the, believe it until you, or you're not going to believe it until you see it week in the NFL. So that's where we're standing on those three games.
1: I like the philosophy. I, I do like the philosophy. I, I and I get where you're coming from on, on the Packers side. I I, I can see that. So, um, you know, worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, like I said, kick over the house of dragons for <laughs> uh, that there. Uh, I think, I think
4: it'll be watchable. I don't think – so there's some people that are expecting them to roll like 42 to 20 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears will hang around because I think their defense – You know, granted, it's got a lot of young players. I think they're really disciplined, and they showed that last week. Uh, unless Green Bay just does something out of this world, I don't think that they're going to just drop nuclear warheads on them offensively like they did in Green Bay a couple years ago. Um just because they don't have the dudes on the outside to do it, uh, could they just try to mash them up front? Maybe, but then the the question then I would have is who on earth is going to play? Who's going to st- who's their starting five o line for Green Bay this week? It seems like that's a question every week now for them. But I do think they are going to be in a spot where they are going to be able to handle and and cover That's I, I expect them to bounce back in that regard. But I don't think it's going to be you know, uh, you know them walking the dog. Like it is, like it seems like it has been every year. They've gone to Lambeau for the last four or five.
3: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that assessment. I think that last point is really good, Joe, because they miss Bakhtiari. That's the one thing that I really took away from that Vikings game more than anything else is they need him for pass protection. The run game still looks incredible. Dylan might be one of the best running backs in the league who isn't a starter right now. And, and Aaron Jones still looks like he's a really good playmaker. I I don't see any way that they don't just jam him, like, the whole game. But I'm sure it's going to come down to Rodgers wanting to be Rodgers. I own you. And trying to prove that point because he's all about proving points right now. Even if he's a crazy person, he still is going to try to prove those points to you. Yes.
1: He cares more about proving points than scoring points.
3: Yeah. just yeah. Bad haircuts.
4: Yes. You guys don't like Con Air?
3: <laughs> Con Air, and then it immediately changed to some other like post apocalyptic post apocalyptic haircut.
4: You don't like Conair and Illuminati tattoos, Chris? Come on no. uh,
3: uh, yeah, you now. There were
4: there were two other ones that were on the fringe for the NFL uh this week. Um one of them was the Rams swallowing the points too, because it's like do you really expect them to A, just lose two weeks in a row. They're not not at home. Uh The Falcons, I don't think the stuff they run offensively is going to work on the Rams defense and uh I think they're just going to be dialed in today and I, I just don't think I think Atlanta's my and we did our, an over-unders pod about a month or so ago uh like right before the preseason and I, I said that I think the Falcons are the worst team in the league so Was last week a bit promising? Yes, but it's not sustainable. I think they'll get walked today. And then the other one, I can't believe it's up to three now. Pittsburgh? Okay, can any of you guys explain to me why Mac Jones is a road favorite? Anyone? I don't care that Mitch Trubisky is the other quarterback. Does anyone have a legitimate reason the Patriots are a road favorite with Mac Jones as their quarterback?
1: With an injured Mac Jones – and a Belichick who just lost to a rookie head coach, which is like literally never happened in the history of the universe. Yeah, it's, it seems a little, it seems a little fishy.
2: Will it the- has to do with the fact that uh you know, it took, I mean, even like five Joe Burrow turnovers were still not enough to beat or for the Bengals to win, you know? Yeah. I, I think that comes, I think that's probably part of it.
4: That but is it, a really they good just point. can't
2: be that bad. They should be able to take care of the Steelers if that's you that's that's what it took for the Steelers
4: to win was that many
2: turnovers and missed
4: field goals yeah it definitely is one especially now that it's at three it's like Vegas is trying to trap you to take the the Steelers but it's absolutely one of those situations where it's like all right it's uh 240 it's you know 245 on the on the east or uh in the middle in the central standard time and It's 1713 Patriots, and it feels like the Steelers haven't moved the ball in an hour, and you feel like you're drawing dead. So I can absolutely see that being a thing. But it's like Mac Jones is a road favorite. I don't know. Now, maybe if TJ, maybe TJ Watt is worth three points in Vegas. I don't know. But yeah, I, 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 I agree with the whole like the fact that once the Steelers, it seemed like they got like a comfortable lead last week. They just went into a shell. And then it was just – it just – all the Bengals needed to do is get out of their own way. They also kind of got jobbed because right at the two-minute warning, they hit a touchdown to Jamar Chase, and no one reviewed it. I don't know how anyone didn't see that. It was the one he caught, like, right on the goal line and tiptoed. And then after that, they went for it out on the goal line before getting it back and scoring at the gun. But, yeah, those are the the five best ones for the NFL this week. Uh I don't know if you guys are into like teasers and exotics and stuff, but it, if you did some sort of parlay where you alternate lined all of like the double digit favorites that lost last week, uh, or the or the the heavy favorites that lost last week to bounce back, that'd probably be a smart bet because I don't really see any of them struggling today, unless the Seahawks just somehow game plan the crap out of the Niners like they did the Broncos last week, but I think that's doubtful.
2: Or maybe the 49ers will just fumble every time they get to the one-yard line. Could be. <laughs> could plan. be.
1: <laughs> All right, let me run through the inactors real quick before we hit our last break here, just so the way you can say that we checked that off the box. Uh, first game up is Dolphins-Ravens. Um, nobody really of too much of con- consequence in there on the Dolphins' side. Skylar Thompson, Miles Gaskin, and Eric Ezukanama um for them on the Raven side J.K. Dobbins is really kind of the big name there uh that came through this morning when I got up uh saw that he had been uh probably is not going to play today um on there uh James Proch and Nick Boyle also for the Ravens are out along with Ronnie Staley um so that Ra- Ravens running game um might be taking a bit of a hit today Jets Browns obviously Zach Brown or Zach Wilson is still out Zach Brown Browns good dream. good dream. Zach-, Zach Brown band Zach brown Band is also um, not, not playing in this game today. <laughs> um, Zach Wilson, uh, obviously still out. Denzel Mims out. Uh, and then the tight ends of Lawrence Cager and C.J. Uzama also out for the Jets today. On the Brown side, Kellen Mond, Dearness Johnson, Michael Woods out uh, for Cleveland. Commanders Lions Sam Howell is the only uh, and Cole Turner for the Commanders are the only two offensive guys out for the Lions. Uh, tight ends James Mitchell, um, center Frank Ragnow is also out this week. Um, also, that'll make a big difference on that offensive line. In um, there, he's probably their best offensive lineman. I love I love my one and a half pick much more now. Colts Jags. Um, for the Colts, Sam Ellinger, Alec P- Pierce, and Michael Pittman. Um, Pittman's the big name of that group. And then for the Jags, uh, Snoop Connor and Kendrick Pryor are out today. And then also for Bucks Saints, uh, Bucks Julio is out today, as is Chris Godwin. So fire up your Mike Evans shares today. Kyle Rudolph is also out for the Bucks, along with Kyle Trask. And Keshawn Vaughn. For the Saints, no Alvin Kamara. That's a big deal. And no Traquan Smith or Nick Vanettez. Panthers, Giants. For the Panthers, no LaVisca Chennault. And for the Giants, no Wandale Robinson um, in there as for those guys. Pat Steelers for the Patriots uh Bailey Zappy, their third string quarterback uh not playing obviously for the Steelers no Mason Rudolph also their third stringer um uh, Steven Sims also out today so that is what we are looking at for the <clears throat> for those uh for those early games so far guys any obviously Kamara is a big name there Pittman's a big name there uh anybody else kind of jump out to you as and, and Dobbins is obviously the other big name.
3: Um, anybody kind of jump out to you this week um, in there? Kenyon Drake might be a good play. I, I always feel like he's an underrated player. He's a good all-around player. I Outlining some of the other injuries with that, that offense, it might be risky, but I, I think that's a good one. I kind of trust him a little bit more than I do Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson doesn't. Feel like in watching that Bears game, doesn't feel like he's got the same burst. It could be because he was up to his knees in water, but you just, I, you gotta see the speed from Jeff Wilson to have him have any value.
1: Okay. All right. We're gonna take a quick commercial break and then on the other side, we will go through listener questions. So make sure. Uh, That you get those in and then we will hit the rapid fires on there with all of the guys.
4: Today's episode is brought to you by Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar in Rock Island. It's the place to be every Sunday this football season. Barbecue Chris will be in the house every week smoking the place up with his amazing menu or mouth-watering barbecues. Cavies will have every game on inside and outside their numerous TV screens, plus you can play their adult video games, and they have the loosest slots around. Check out Cavanaugh's Hilltop Bar, 1228 30th Street in Rock Island.
1: Chris, I didn't know you were moonlighting as a grill master.
3: I do what I can, Doug.
1: Yeah, you got a little, you got those little kids' mouths to feed. Gotta gotta get that extra. Yeah, that's time. right. <laughs> All righty, let's go ahead and take a look at listener questions. Uh, starting off, first up uh, from cousin Bo, who is absolutely nobody's cousin on this show, but he is still we still refer to him that way. First thing up: bit by an injury bug already. Half PPR start: London or Pickens.
0: London for me.
2: Is he going against Jalen Ramsey?
0: Let's hope Could so. <laughs> I'd say London.
3: London. Yep. Josin. My bad because he's all for London.
4: <laughs> so I would probably say London just because it didn't seem like Pickens got much. I love Pickens, um, but I don't, it didn't seem like he got much last week, so probably London. London got targeted a lot more than Kyle Pitts. By the way, fun fact, do you guys know Kyle Pitts hasn't scored a touchdown on American soil yet in his career as an NFL player? I think it's, I my, very true now. it's my favorite stat of ever. <laughs> Waiting for that to... I'm going to pop a lot of champagne when that ends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I will take Pickens just to play devil's advocate there. All right. In, a t- in the TD Heavy League, so in a TD Heavy League, Brees Hall or Travis Etienne?
0: Etienne.
4: E- ETN, because the Jets' offense is horrific. Remember, they're employing Joe Flacco right now to be their quarterback. They're not scoring. A- they probably aren't scoring a touchdown today. The Browns are awesome. I like it. Joe ETN. Flacco's got a Super Bowl. ETN. A decade ago, Chris. Well, he
3: like, was number
2: 19. Who's the last relevant quarterback to wear the number 19?
3: No kidding. Johnny Unitas? Joe Montana, <laughs> when he was with... Oh, that's the- right. Chiefs, yeah, yeah. There, there. You go. Not vintage Chiefs, right? Joe Montana. He
2: was Kansas City, Joe
1: Montana. <laughs> Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. All right. In a non-PPR, start three of Diggs, Deontay Johnson, Kirk, and Debo.
2: I'm tempted to leave Deontay out of that myself.
0: I'm a Steelers fan. I'm going to sit Deontay. Yeah, I think I agree.
4: I'm going to agree as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Sweep it. All right. Also a non-PPR, start two of Chubb, Gibson, Fournette, Javante Williams, and Damian Harris.
2: One more time. So
0: many names. Chubb, Gibson,
1: Fournette, Javante
0: Williams, Damian Harris. Chubb and Williams for me.
4: Non-PPR? Non-PPR. Chubb is definitely one of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Chubb's a, if Chubb's a starter every week. Non-PPR, not. I don't know about Williams because the Broncos are never going to not give Melvin Gordon the ball, I guess. Who was the sa- – oh, Leonard Fournette probably.
2: Yeah. Everybody – all the receivers are injured. I feel like they're going to have to run the ball more today.
4: Yeah. Finding out Godwin – I knew Godwin would play, but finding out Julio won't play today, man, the Bucks just cannot be healthy when they play the Saints. That's going to be rough. <laughs> Points will not be scored today. And I don't know if you guys saw, but Jameis off topic. apparently is playing with four vertebra fra- vertebrae fat fractures today, from L one right. to L five. I saw Glazer put that out. I was like, oh,
1: poor guy. All right, now from our friend Jordan Wrangle and his eight million leagues. All right, Feeling Kareem Wilson or Wilson. I'm sorry, Feeling Kareem or Wilson Jr. as my second flex.
3: I'll go opposite of Wilson Jr. So Thielen or Kareem? I like,
2: uh, I'm leaning Thielen.
3: Yeah, I think so too.
2: That Eagles defense gave up a lot of points to the Lions last week.
1: Yeah, I don't think Kareem Hunt does it two weeks in a row.
4: Yeah, any any situation you get to start a Vikings offensive, like one of their top skill guys. That's I think that's a good that's a good that's a good play. I think pick Adam two, Thielen
3: or... creeps up on people because he is much older than people think. Aren't we all? <laughs> all right. Pick two
1: workhead lockett London and Hall.
0: London Hall.
2: How many do they want? Two.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with those two. We
1: yeah, need
3: to prob- see this list. Like, visually. Yeah, it's kind of hard like, to remember. <laughs> probably, probably
4: London and Hall. I hate that I'm saying that because Brees Hall is a. I don't know. Don't know if I trust that one yet, but Lock, London, definitely. And then either Hall or. Uh, I guess. Who was the second
1: one? Second one was Burkhead Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Lockett. And I put the link to the Google Dot in the chat. Probably Burkhead, maybe. Yeah, I'm
4: I'm kind of tempted to take Burkhead in that situation. RIP to all of us who drafted Damian Pearson yeah. throughout a fantasy figure. <laughs> exactly. Even though I wasn't able to. I wanted to, but he always got sniped before me. But maybe maybe that was God saying, you don't need him, son. He won't be used for half the year.
1: I'm going to go Burkhead Lockett just because I'm a big Lockett guy. All right. Elijah Moore or, or Lockett?
3: Lockett.
0: Elijah Moore for me.
4: Lockett. Again, the Jets are employing Joe Flacco. Will they complete 12 passes today? Yeah, let's, I'd say Lockett.
1: Lockett. Okay. Etn Burkhead, or Miles Sanders?
4: Oh Sanders, Sanders.
1: Yeah. we
4: sure? Okay. I guess yeah. He did actually get. He did actually have a pretty good uh output yesterday or last week.
0: He's gonna score He's gonna again score. too. Yeah, gotta
4: figure it out. No, that's fair. That is a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right, Sanders.
1: Burks or Pickens as my third flex.
4: That's a. That's juicy. And Who's they, on the waiver? Who go to the waiver wire, find whoever you think the second Bucks receiver will be today. Take yeah, him. That's true. Scotty Miller. Yeah. The the dude from Tyler, the Johnson dude from Minnesota might be. If I had to Ru-
0: guess. Russell Gage would be the other receiver. Oh yeah,
4: Russ they have Russell Gage. Absolutely. Yep. Neither. Go get Russell Gage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pick two of Cooks, Deontay, and Hollywood.
0: I'm assuming that's Brandon Cooks. I assume so. Yeah, that's all it says is Cooks. If so, I'll, I'll sit Deontay out of those.
2: Yep, I'll I'll do the same again.
0: Cooks is going up against a, a
3: tough defense. I'll go with Deontay and Hollywood. Yeah, but you
4: I, you think Cooks is ever worth sitting though? He's he's by far their tar, top targets guy.
3: Yeah, but I. I don't know. It's the Texans. They don't make sense. They don't do. They don't, right?
4: <laughs> they don't. They uh, don't.
0: Allen Robinson, Dylan, or Bateman? Allen Robinson. That is the correct answer.
1: Dylan or Penny?
2: Dylan. Dylan for me.
0: Dylan. Who, who was it? Dylan or who? Penny. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. I'll go Dylan. It's off a tough matchup for Penny.
1: Pick two of Bateman, Thielen, Dylan, Daryl Henderson, or Wilson Jr.
4: Sorry, run that again. I'm hyped because my Wi-Fi just came back. I'm so jacked right now. I'm about to run through a wall. <laughs> my Wi-Fi was over for 12 hours last night or from last night till now. We're back, baby. <laughs> so can you run through them names
1: again? <laughs> Bateman, Thielen, Dylan, Daryl Henderson, Wilson
0: Jr.
2: I'm leaning Thielen and Wilson myself.
0: I'm gonna go Thielen and Henderson.
4: I would say Thielen and Henderson, because I think Cam Akers is in the doghouse. Uh shout out to running backs who can't pass pro. Um, <laughs> if I may ask the fantasy experts, because I definitely don't consider myself one, do you guys think Bateman has like long term value? Because I feel like he's a really solid got player. And I know that, that pa- I feel like that passing offense is definitely like feast or famine of deep balls. Do you think Bateman is like a long-term good value guy or is the Ravens offense just so outside of Lamar whenever they get a running back healthy and Mark Andrews? Is it kind of like a don't play any other starters on offense? Yeah,
0: to I think it depends Bidman, on what, but... you, what you determine his long-term value. He's a wide receiver too, long-term, but I don't see the upside for wide receiver in the top 12. So.
2: Yeah, I, I picked him up, but I'm not starting him. He just seemed, well, I mean, he was touchdown dependent last week. That's where he got all of his catches and stuff. So uh, yeah. uh, it's a wait and see for me on Bateman, but I'm I'm holding cautiously.
3: I think Bateman has long-term value. Right now, there's not a whole lot to take away from him. So I think he's a good wide receiver for right now and for the future. I think he looked back to college and he was a dominant player who could go up and get it. And he was pretty fast, too. So overall, I, I think he's a good guy to stash. Um, probably not one to really be in your your lineup every week, but one that he could surprise you and just to keep him
0: around on the radar. I wouldn't play him today. All right, moving on. Pick two:
1: Mooney Edmund, Pick two of Mooney Edmonds and Curtis Samuel.
2: Samuel for sure. I also like Edmonds today.
4: Yes, it Mooney. Oh, yeah. Um, the Edmonds, I think Mooney's going to get, obviously, he's going to get way more targets today. But it, I guess, I, yeah, it's either Edmonds or Mooney is the other one. Definitely the, the, I, I blanked on who in the world you said it first, but that was, a, that's a lock to the, Curtis yeah, Curtis Samuel. Great to see the, the Washington receivers all getting involved. Um, and especially after Samuel missed a lot of last year, too. So uh, I would probably say Samuel and Edmonds, though Mooney could have if the Bears hang around, Mooney could very well have like eight for 90 to 100 yards and a touchdown or two. It's very on the
0: board.
1: Pick two for an RB two and flex Aaron Jones, Chubb, Gibson, Bateman.
0: Seth Gibson and Bateman take the first two. Yeah, great. I'll go Jones, Gibson.
2: I'll go Jones and Chubb, but what a what a what a situation to be in when you're sitting Gibson right now cuz he played really well last week and he's really the guy until Brian comes
4: back. Yeah, I was like out on like I was out on Gibson for this year, but I mean you when you really think about it, uh, cause I even said this like in the pod last pod episode last week. Uh I mean he played receiver at Memphis and Wentz targeted him a lot last week. So, like, that's really good value for him fantasy wise. And I think just, you know, regular, like, just when you're just breaking down film and and the games, I think that's really good for them because he's that's kind of a real good way to use him. And then when Brian comes back, then you have another weapon, which Washington seems like they got more than you would have thought of maybe a week or two ago. My biggest
2: worry with Chubb this week is the Giants defense actually stifled Henry for the most part last week. And it was the receiving back that scored touchdowns, and that would be Kareem. They got the Jets today, right? They got the Jets. Oh, that's right. I'm I'm thinking. Uh, I'm think. I've got my games mixed up.
0: <laughs> a disregard. Allen right. Robinson
1: or Wilson Jr.
4: Wilson Jr. You're talking about the uh, Niners running back today, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He'll get. He's guaranteed the touches, as we saw
2: last week. Robinson was not guaranteed touches. <laughs> He got pre-season. a ton of run,
3: though. He was on the field like almost every snap. So it's a good sign that, that his production is going to go up. But I just don't I don't trust it until it happens.
4: Yeah, and there was a lot of moments. If You just go back and watch the tape. There's a lot of moments when there's a uh, like an intermediate crossing route. And Allen Robinson is wide open and Stafford just ain't looking at him. But I mean, they basically got no run together in the whole season because of the injury. They didn't play starters in preseason. So, Robinson will have value throughout the year, but it's probably smart to fade him at the beginning of the year.
1: Then that'll also lead us into the last question for, for Jordan here of Allen Robinson, Drake, or Myers. Is that Kenyan
2: Drake? Or I assume so. L- Drake London. It just says Drake. So maybe <laughs> just
1: Drake the rapper. I, I would go Kenyan
4: Drake. Yeah, Drake the rapper. Best <laughs> yeah. I ever had. Oh, <laughs> Allen Robinson. Yeah. So, that best. Best I ever had. Uh, (laughs) uh, Headlines. Those are my... No, wait. Never mind. Uh, No, I I agree with the guys. If if it's London, then yeah. Jacoby Myers
3: gets undervalued. Yeah, Myers gets the receivers.
2: If that's Jacoby, I don't know.
3: Yeah, it's got to be Jacoby Myers, I guess.
2: Yeah. 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 Give us Robinson. Why not?
3: All right. We are going to cut the rapid fire short. We're only going to hit a
1: couple of these uh, today since we're already over time, but we'll hit a couple of these just because they're fun. One, uh, just because we have to have the O.J. Howard reference. Is O.J. Howard a must start based upon red zone potential alone? True or false? Sure, why not? No,
3: get out of here.
1: Never Never must start, no. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say yes. All right. We've already touched on this one a little bit, but just quickly – as of earlier, uh, though Joe said the line has moved, the Lions were favored for the first time since 2020. Will they pull it off today against Washington?
0: No, I'm going Washington. Let's hope
4: not. Or at least, at least they, at worst, win by one, and then I get. Yesterday was a horrific day for me. Went the college picks. I went over three. The three picks that almost made it all won. I think so. Yeah, I need some NFL wins today. I'm leaning Lions in that one
3: to win. I need the Lions to win. I need Dan Campbell in my life to give me speeches
0: that are just
4: ridiculous.
3: (laughs) Is the Geno
1: Smith revival for real?
0: No. He prayed himself in the second half last week.
4: Shout out to the Seahawks OC for having a real good game plan. Because everything was easy. Everything was super quick reads. Easy hits to DK. They... The 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 play calling was balling last week against Denver. That's not sustainable. Yeah, it should Good, have been I'm, I'm, so I'm so happy for Gino. I'm so happy for Gino. Just like they asked him at the end of the game, like, uh, "What do you say to people that wrote you off?" And he said, "I didn't write him back." That was awesome. I Almost cried. I was so happy for him, but it's not sustainable.
1: And then last question in honor of the seven zillion hour delay in the Iowa game last night, what is the longest delay that you guys have ever had in your life?
2: I've got an interesting story for our honeymoon. We went to Daytona beach and we had tickets for the NASCAR cup race Saturday night. It got rained out. We flew out Sunday morning. We were back in our apartment and we watched the race that we had tickets to the next day on TV. That's great. Shout out to my wife, though, for letting me pick the honeymoon place. She wanted a beach, and I said, let's go to
4: Daytona because I'm a NASCAR fan.
1: There you go. (laughs) Not
4: bad. She really likes you. Yeah. I got a good media one. Uh, This was about 2016, 17, when I was covering Galesburg football. Um, I think this happened, like, all the big six games. There was a huge storm, and it was Galesburg. They were hosting Moline. It was a huge storm game got stopped like early, like late first quarter and it never, the the the, the delay kept going throughout the night. So we had to come back and kick off at like one, the next or 11 or one the next day. So that would probably be it. The, the craziest thing was that the first play of the next day was like a third and four. So how do you like game plan for that? <laughs> like, all right, our first play is a big third down in opposing territory. Just wild, wild that that was. It's like the second play of the game's a punt. Hello, everybody, welcome in. But that that was easily. That was my. That's my only football two dayer. You'd think I'd have more doing it for ten years,
3: but that's my only two dayer for football. Uh, mine is Mercer County. I'm covering a game, we were in a delay because there was lightning in the area. They had uh, seen the lightning, so they started the clock. And then it was just about to be over for the weather concerns, and the power went out. So, oh,
1: oh, that's tough. That's brutal. That's horrible, man. Uh, I don't have like a ton of like like I've dodged a lot of like the big ones. I remember like a, I remember covering a a, a track and field meet at Moline. Um, I think it was like a big six meet or something. And there was like a really long weather delay and we, it's the, the track meet started in like the afternoon and we were still there at like nine o'clock that night. It was, that was a long day. Um, and then Chris, there was a, the, the memorable delay wasn't even like that long, but the memorable delay that I can think of is there was a bandits game that I covered and Chris was there. Cause you were doing, were you doing MC 22? I think uh,
3: probably because it yeah. was you
1: and me and Steve Campbell. And there was a bunch of like Ambrose alumni, like all there together. We've got a picture of all of us together um, there. That was kind of, it was kind of like a mini class reunion um, into this bandit's rain delay. So it wasn't super long, but that was one of my most memorable ones. We got a bunch of us kind of together in a way that we never kind of, that you don't usually get kind of organically because everybody's kind of running around doing their jobs. So that was kind of a fun night. All right, that will do it for us for this week. Thanks for hanging on for an extra 10 minutes. We do appreciate that. We do want to thank, thank Clint's Drafthouse as our primary sponsor this week. Uh, make sure that you are checking out all of the other shows on the network. We've got plenty of them coming out this week. We pump them out on all of your favorite podcast uh, apps as quickly as they can come in. Uh, so make sure that you are checking those out. And other than that, we will talk to everybody next week. Good luck in all of your lineups.
2: Good to be here, guys.
1: See ya.